Well, good morning, church. Let's stand together. Welcome to the house of the Lord.
on, somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Can you do me a favor? Turn to your neighbor and say, welcome to church. Now, how many have been praying about something? You've been asking God to do it again. Maybe it was the way you, you grew up in faith and you just feel lost or whatever it is. God's going to do it again in your life. We're going to sing about that this morning. Walking around these walls. I thought by now they'd fall. But you have never failed me yet. We're waiting for change. Waiting for change to come. Knowing the battle's won. For you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Sing it out with me. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. And he never will.
clear this morning. I've seen you move. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do Come on, you move. See you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see
What a testimony that it is for us to be able to proclaim that song because no doubt there are times in our life that we go through things and one of the hardest things to do is to look at it and say it's going to be okay but the songs that we have sung this morning declare that his promises are true that they still stand and that he's faithful no matter what you're facing he's faithful and then when the world looks at us and they have a hard time figuring out how that we can have such peace when it looks like that our lives are turned upside down to be able to Allow them to know that through it all, that we've kept our eyes on Him. And that it's well with our soul. You know, so often we go through things. And when we're going through that thing, we're praying and, and we're asking God to do miracles. And, and we come through it. Sometimes we forget to say thank you. Just like those who Jesus healed, it didn't, only one came back to thank him. No doubt there's situations in your life that you have been through that God has proved himself faithful. And so this morning, just for the next 30 seconds, I'm going to ask you in however you feel comfortable doing. 
you throw your hands up or if you stand and just whisper his name. I want you to think about a time that he's moved mountains in your life. And I want you to thank him for it. Knowing that there's nothing that you face that he's not bigger than. Can you do that with me? Father, I thank you for all those times in my life that I've felt like that I wasn't going to make it. But God, you're so faithful. God, there, God, there's even been times this week that I've questioned. God, I've wondered, God, where you are. But God, this morning I stand on your promise and I know that what you've done in the past that you'll do again. The mountains that you've moved before that you'll move them again. And God, I put my trust in you. God, I know that you're faithful. And I thank you for your faithfulness even when I'm faithless. And God, I pray this morning, God, that you see my heart and know, Father, that I'm thankful for your goodness and for your mercy and for your grace. And God, I'm thankful for the mountains that you've moved in my life. Father, as we go into your word today, God, I pray, Father, that we will go expecting and knowing, God, that you're faithful. God, help us expand our faith. God, to put our trust in you. Father, we love you. God, we thank you. We praise you. How many people right now would say that you have something in your life that you need God to do? You're facing something right now. We're going to we're going to stand on his promise and we're going to take them before him right now. There's people in our congregation that I know that you have loved ones who are sick. You have loved ones who are in the hospital battling covid. You may be here with a, a financial problem or, 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 or an ailment in your own. Maybe it's a spiritual issue or it's emotional. God wants you to know that whatever it is, He's greater than that. And so we've thanked Him for what He's done in the past. Now we're going to pray and we're going to believe for those situations, for everyone who raised your hand. We're going to believe and know that what He's done once he'll do again can we do that right now father you see every need represented in this auditorium god you see every person what they're struggling with what they're dealing with what they're going through and father right now i pray and i believe and i know god that what you've done in the past god that you'll do again and god what you've done for one you'll do for all and god we stand this morning believing trusting in you god knowing that you're the answer. God, you're the answer to every situation and every problem. God, I'm believing and I'm trusting in you. God, we put our faith and our confidence and our hope in someone who never fails. God, do these things, not that for any other reason, God, that you can receive the glory. Father, we believe it. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray and ask. And everyone said, Amen and amen. How many people believe that he heard your prayer? 
He promises that he does. Shake somebody's hand. Let them know that you are glad that they are at Gateway Church this Sunday morning. I want to make you uh, aware of a few things that uh, won't take up too much time, but they're, they're in, uh, important enough to, uh, uh, for us to talk about them. This coming Saturday, uh, we're going to be doing a Gateway Giveaway. Somebody asked me, what is that? Well, basically what Gateway Giveaway is, it's a yard sale where we're not selling anything. Uh, we're going to put stuff out in the parking lot, and, and uh, we've got uh, household goods. I've seen some coffee pots. I've, seen, uh, I've had to inspect all of them to make sure I didn't need them. Uh, and my wife said, you do not need them. Um, but we're, uh, we've had people, and, and so what we're asking you to do is if you have some, some good stuff that you would just like to, to give away, uh, we're bringing it in, we're setting up, and we're going to do it for the community. We've been advertising it, and we'll be advertising it some more this week. If you know people who uh, could use some, some, we'll have all kinds of clothes. And, uh, but we just want to be a blessing to our community. And uh, you say, when can I start bringing stuff? Uh, what we're asking is, is if you could do it on that Saturday morning, we'll be here at 8 o'clock, uh, and um, we're not going to start till 11. So you'll have about three hours there to get stuff set up. If you have too much, or for some reason you can't be here on that, uh, you can get with us, and we will try to set it up that you could bring some stuff over maybe Thursday or Friday, and we can just put it downstairs in the cafe and then bring it out. We're also asking, if at all possible, uh, if you could stay for a few hours and just uh, be there uh, to meet some people in the community. Uh, we'll, we will never affect these four walls by staying in these four. We'll, we'll never affect outside of these four walls by staying within these four walls. And uh, so we, it's just an opportunity for us to meet some of our neighbors and uh, just to be out in the community. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. And if you've got any questions, uh, you can uh, just get with me or get with Sarah uh, Miller, and she'll give you all the information that you need. Uh, the second thing is, is that uh, we are collecting uh, stuff for Jack's, Jax's journey. Uh, I've been telling you about this. This is a, a young uh, boy who is connected with our church and uh, his family. I've known his family for years, and um, uh, he uh, was diagnosed with leukemia. And he's been going through treatment, and it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. And uh, but he goes to the Hoop Center, which is up in Huntington. And uh, I don't know if you know it or not, but September is Childhood uh, Cancer Awareness Month. And um, so at the end of this month. Uh, the end of uh, which we're approaching, uh, he had an idea to take some toys and snacks and stuff up to the Hoop Center because they use those to give to kids uh, who are just having a bad day or who have been through treatment. Or, uh, so uh, there's a toad in the back, and we are collecting for that as well. And uh, you can do that through next Sunday, and then we'll get that to the family. And uh, I pray that you will be a part of that. I would like to just overwhelm them uh, with knowing that this church and this church family is standing behind them and, and behind Jackson and his family. So thank you for being here. If you're a guest, we, uh, we don't take it lightly that you uh, spend your Sunday, chose to spend your Sunday with us. And uh, we're looking forward to what God is doing. We've got things planned all, way, all the way through the end of the year where we're going to reach out to the community. But today, last week we closed uh, with a, a wonderful game day. Uh, we had an awesome time. Uh, and it was just a good to be able to, to get to meet some people. And, um, and, but we closed out a series on the book of Philippians. And we went through Philippians chapter by chapter. And uh, I really enjoyed looking at the book that Paul wrote all those years ago to the church at Philippi and trying to, to see how it relates to us. Uh, because we understand and we know that, that the Bible wasn't just written for 
the people back then. This Bible was a living, breathing uh, document. It's, it's the Word of God, and it speaks to us. And, and, and so we looked at how what he wrote back then related to us in today's society. Now, around here, it probably doesn't take you long to figure out that, that we like to do topics. We do a lot of series. Topics, we'll take a book of the Bible, and we'll even take a, a character, and we'll look at his life or their life. And today, we're going to start a four-week series uh, that I believe is going to help us build our faith. Now, faith is something that the Bible talks about repeatedly. Faith is something that the Bible says is absolutely necessary. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you look at that, you understand that if you don't have faith, you can't be pleasing to God. And I want to be someone that's pleasing to him. So in order to do that, I I want to have unbelievable faith. I want to build my faith. And, And throughout the Bible, there's so many different people that displayed a tremendous amount of faith. And for the next four weeks, I want to look at one of those people. I want to look at an Old Testament prophet by the name of Elisha. We begin to read his story in in 1 Kings. And today we're going to be looking at 1 Kings chapter 19 through 21, verse 19 through 21. But before we get started, I want to lay a little groundwork. In this time, there was another Old Testament prophet and his name wasn't Elisha, it was Elijah. Now, Elijah was one of the great Old Testament prophets. He was bold. He was daring. He was full of faith. Uh, We read how that that he had a showdown with with the prophets uh, of Baal. And he he wanted to pray fire down from the sky. We see that he was full of faith. Elisha wanted to be just like Elijah. As a matter of fact, he was bold enough to pray. He said, I would like a double portion of his anointing. And when we read through the Bible, we we realize and we see that Elisha performed more recorded miracles in Scripture more than anybody else other than Jesus. But there was something very interesting about Elisha. What's interesting about Elisha was he was just an ordinary guy. He wasn't the the, the son of a priest. He wasn't someone that they looked at and thought, man, that's a prophet of God. No, he wasn't like that at all. He was just an ordinary guy living at home with his parents, working on a farm, and God called him to something. And the first thing I want you to understand and realize, the way the enemy attacks us is because he makes us think exactly the opposite of what I'm getting ready to say. God will use the ordinary to do the extraordinary. God will use just the ordinary to do something extraordinary. And in this story, that's what happens here. Elisha lived in the ninth century BC. And in that time, Israel was very divided. It was, there was a lot of tension in the land. One of the main reasons that there was tension was because a lot of people were worshiping a false god by the name of Baal. And so there was a lot of tension in this land. And so here you have Elijah and Elisha. And we're going to look at the story of Elisha. Now, before we get into this week, I'm going to let you know where we're heading. How many people, if you're going somewhere, you like to know where you're going, right? Here's where we're going. Next week, we're going to see how that having small faith keeps us from dreaming big. 
A lot of times our faith keeps us from believing big things from God. But at the same time, we aren't willing to dream big, but we're not willing to start small. And we're going to look at a story where uh, Elisha asked some people just to, to dig some ditches in the valley. Long before there's any signs of water. And next week, we're going to ask God to, to help expand our faith that, that we're willing to dream big while also being willing to start small. Then in week three, we're going to look at a widow who was desperate. There's no doubt that, that there's people here today or you know people that you're going through a difficult time and you wonder, how am I going to make it through? That's where this woman was. This poor woman was about to lose her two sons and, and, and all she had was just a jar of oil. And all she could see was what she didn't have. But God uses Elisha to show her that she had everything that she needed to do, everything that God wanted her to do. We're going to talk about that in week three. And then in week four, we're going to see a, a crazy miracle. And week four is going to be for those who maybe you, you used to be closer to God. There maybe was a time in your life that, that, that you feel like that you were closer to him, and, 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 but you've lost sort of your spiritual edge. And we're going to talk about a miracle that, that happened with Elisha and an axe, body of water. So that's where we're headed. But today, I, I want to look at this crazy commitment of faith, this unbelievable faith from the prophet Elisha. We're going to start by reading verse 19 in chapter 19 of 1 Kings. It says, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. And Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. So when we look at this story here in verse 19, the first thing that we realize is, we realize what Elisha was doing. It tells us that there were 12 yoke of oxen, and Elisha himself was driving the 12th pair. So Elisha wasn't even to the point where he could just supervise. He was having to, to do the work. Stephen Furtick wrote, wrote a book by the name called Greater, and I've been reading it, and, and it talks about the life of Elisha. And in that book, he points something out. He said, think about the monotony of what it would be like to plow behind a yoke of oxen every day. I mean, a lot of times we read these stories and we just blow right through them. We think, okay, Elisha was in, you know, he was in a, on, in a field and he was plowing with, behind oxen. But think about what it would be like. Think about the smell. We have any farm people here? I'm just going to tell you, I can't stand the smell of a farm. I'm sorry. I mean, it probably surprises you because I look like a farmer, right? But think about Elisha every day. Think about what he was looking at. How quickly do you think that you would have gotten tired of doing what Elisha was doing every day? Now, some of you may feel like Elisha felt. Because you're doing the same thing day in and day out. Week in and week out. And it gets really old. You're doing the, the same job, working with the same people. You feel like that you're staring at the backside of an oxen all day long. Same stuff, different day. 
And when we get in those situations, it is so easy to lose your passion. Maybe you're a stay-at-home parent. Maybe you have small children or maybe you homeschool. Maybe all you look at all day are diapers and laundry and dishes. And then as soon as you get a diaper changed or get the laundry done or get the dishes washed, there's more diapers, there's more laundry, there's more dishes. Sometimes I believe my wife thinks that, that clothes just grow in the laundry basket because she'll wash them and she'll spend all evening washing them and, and you'll go upstairs and it's overflowing again. And there's just three of us. Anybody ever feel that way? You just never can get caught up. When I think about Elisha, I think that this had to be where he was. Plowing behind oxen every day. A never-ending cycle. But I want you to notice something about him. He was faithful in the task that was at hand. And I want you to understand that God rewards those who are faithful in the little things. God rewards those who are faithful in the little things. When you are faithful with the little, he can trust you with much. And Elisha, this probably wasn't his favorite thing to do. I mean, here he was, he wanted to be like Elijah. He wanted to be a prophet. And here he was stuck in a field doing a job that had to be physically and emotionally draining. You ever been stuck in a situation and you think that you were created for more? You ever been doing a job and think that you should be doing the job of the person, your boss? In those times, it's hard to be faithful. In those times, it's, it's easy to lose your passion. But Elisha was faithful. In the middle of his daily routine, he was faithful. And God saw him as faithful. And then God said, you know what? I'm going to send you something new. You've been asking for something. I'm going to, to send it to you. I'm going to send you something that will take you from where you are to a place where you can have tremendous impact. So at the end of this verse, the Bible tells us that Elijah went over to him and he threw his cloak around him. Now, a cloak would have been like a, a coat, probably made of animal skin or, or fur. This was Elijah's covering. And in that moment, he took that coat and he threw it around Elisha. And what he was saying was, symbolically, he was saying, Elisha, you're going to be my student and I'm going to be your mentor. And what you've asked God for, it's going to come to pass because you've been faithful. Just as God's been working through me, Elijah was saying, now he's going to work through you. So he put his mantle, he put his covering over Elisha. And this morning I want to look at two principles of commitment to see how an ordinary man like Elijah responded to an extraordinary call from God. And the first thing that we have to see here is, is that God's going to, to call Elisha to follow Elijah, but he's not going to give him all the details. How many people, you, you're, detail, you're detail people? 
You want to know every step, every, if, if you already know where you're going to eat Friday, this next coming Friday night. You've made the reservations. You know what you're going to wear. Now, how many people are just fly by the seat of your pants? I could have picked you out. And the reason I could have picked you out is because it takes one to know one. I'm not a planner. But often in life, what happens is, is that God will, will ask us to do something, but he doesn't give us all the details. Can I tell you, you can obey immediately without understanding completely? How many, how many times have you ever asked your child to do something? You've not told them why. Just, I want you to do this. Most of the time, the first question out of the mouth is why? And if you're honest, most of the time your response is, because I said so. Parenting 101. One comedian said, I brought you in this world and I can take you out. As a parent, it drives you crazy. Elisha, in this moment, he didn't have all the details. Let's read in verse 20. It says, Elisha then left his oxen. He ran after Elijah. He said, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. And then I'll come with you. You notice here in this moment that he didn't look at Elijah and say, okay, let me pray about it. Now, there was a, a running joke around here. If someone would ask me to do something that I really didn't want to do, my response always would be spiritual. My response would be, let me pray about it. But it didn't take long for the people to catch on. Because I would say, let me pray about it, and they finally look at me and said, that means no. Elijah didn't do that here. He didn't try to sound spiritual and say, well, it sounds good, Elijah, but I'm going to pray about it. He didn't say, well, let me get my pen and paper here. Let me make a list of all the pros and the cons of following you or staying. He didn't say, well, I'll follow you, Elijah, but I need to talk to my counselor first, see if they think it's a good idea. He didn't say, well, I'd like to follow you, Elijah, but I need to know all the details. No. He looked at Elijah and he said, let me go take care of this and I'll be right back. What was he saying? He was saying, God, I believe this is you. God, I'm trusting that it's you. I don't know all the details, but I believe that you're in on this. And I'm going to, to even though I don't know the details completely, I'm going to obey immediately. And there might be times that God asks you to do something and you know all the details. But more often than not, it's not going to be the case. Why is that? I believe a lot of times if, if God would give us all the details, we couldn't handle it. Or if God would give us all the details, we would try to skip through the process. We'd try to get to the answer without going through the next steps. So sometimes God's going to speak to you and he just wants you to have faith. And he said, just take one step at a time. And that's exactly what Elisha did here. A lot of times God will, we see in the Bible that God would guide people with just one word. When we look at Moses, he looked at Moses and he said, go. 
Just go. He looked at Abraham and he said, go. Go to the land I'm going to show you. Go. In the New Testament, we see Peter. They were out and they saw a figure walking on the water and it frightened them. And Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. One word. And they obeyed. You may be here today and maybe you're struggling in your marriage. But all you can hear from God is God saying, stay. You need to listen. You might be here this morning and and you're going through a a health crisis. You've got a, a physical ailment in your body. Doctors are telling you one thing, but God is telling you to trust. You need to trust. Some of you have been coming here on Sundays, Sunday after Sunday, and you've been hanging out. And God's been saying to you, commit, get involved. You need to listen. You may not know all the details. You may not know how it's going to work out. You may not know where it's going to lead you to, but God is saying you can obey me without knowing everything there is to know. Very early on in in our ministry, Christy and I were working at a church. There was some uncertainty about our position there, and there was an uncertainty uh, whether the people even liked us. And one day I, I received a phone call. It was an opportunity to move to another church that was growing. It was in a larger city. It would have been a position that uh, a growing church. I would have actually been paid to do what I went to school for, had all those school loans for. And we prayed about it. And when we prayed, the only word that we could get from God was stay. It made no sense to us. God said, stay. And in that moment, we had to make a decision. Are we going, it doesn't look like it's going in the direction that it needs to go, God. And we had to make a decision. We stayed. Sometimes we have to be willing to hear that one word and have crazy enough faith, even though it makes no sense, to listen. Sometimes we have to be willing to say, God, I don't need all the details. I don't want to know the details. I just want to obey you. The second thing I want to point out this morning is, is that you'll be used more when you hold on to less. You'll be used more when you hold on to less. Let's read verse 21. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and he gave it to the people. Now, can you imagine Elisha's family and his friends? Here, this man has has come up and said, I want you to follow me. And now all of a sudden you're burning the equipment, you're killing the cows, you're throwing a party, you're asking people, hey, how do you want your steak? Can you you imagine? I mean, the people probably thought that he had lost his mind. 
I mean, here he was killing cows and burning plows. And then he says, I'm out. This is my last hurrah. What was he saying? What can we learn from that? I believe that in that moment, what he was doing was he was burning plan B. Because that was plan B. He was saying, you know what? I'm going to follow Elijah. I'm going to obey. And I'm going to to make sure that I only have plan A. And that's to obey God. How many people like having a, a plan B? Like you detailed oriented people, you, you, have, you know where you're going to eat after church today, but if it's too crowded, you know the second place. You have a plan B. Maybe you, you ask your kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say, you know, when you're younger, you know, I'm going to be the next Michael Jordan. And you look at them and say, that's great, son, but let's have a plan B. You know, let's, you know, fireman, you know, some, a policeman, uh, I don't want to crush your hopes, but there's only one Michael Jordan, right? But a lot of times in life, we're like that. We want to say, God, I'll do plan A, but I'm going to have something to fall back on. There's so many times in Scripture that we see people have crazy enough faith, unbelievable faith, that they're willing to follow God no matter what. They're willing to burn plan B. We look in Luke chapter 5 when Jesus first encountered Peter. Peter was having a bad day fishing. Jesus came up to him and he said, hey, throw your net on the other side of of the boat. Peter was like, whatever. You're a carpenter. Go build something. I'm a fisherman. Jesus said, just do it. What was he saying? Just obey. You don't need to know the details, Peter. Just do what I said. So Peter did it. The Bible tells us he caught so many fish that the nets started to break. In that moment, Peter's like, whoa, I'm a sinful man and you're the Lord. Jesus said, from now on, you're going to become fishers of men. You think about that, that's just as crazy as killing the cows and burning the plows. Because the Bible said that the disciples left everything. I mean, it's easy to read that and not comprehend it. But it would be like someone coming up to us and saying, I want you to follow me. And you're saying, okay, I'm leaving my job. I'm leaving my comfort. I'm leaving my neighborhood. I'm going to do everything to follow after this person. No plan B's. Now, let me point this out here. Because I know that some of you are sitting here today and you... Um, you, you probably, you don't like your job. And you're thinking right now, man, I could kill some cows and burn some plows. What I'm not saying is, don't go into your job tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm sick of this job, I hate you all, and then set fire to the place. Okay? That's not a good idea. We don't currently have a jail ministry, and uh, we don't want to start one with you. But what I'm saying is, is that there will be times and situations in your life that you know that God is calling you to do something. You know that God is calling you to step out. You don't know all the, the, the answers. You don't know all the details. And it's gonna, you're going to have to let go of some things. But in this, we realize that if we will let go of some things, that God will do more with us. 
There's sometimes that we can be so convinced that we burn the bridge back because we're not going to turn back. There's times in our life that we have to do that. I went to a Christian university, a very expensive Christian university. A Christian university that I'm still paying for, that I graduated too long ago. If you've got student loans, you know what I'm talking about. But I went to that university, and, and they had, it was a liberal arts school, so it wasn't just for ministry. You could get all kinds of, of stuff. But I went, paid all that money, and just came out with a degree in ministry. Some of you are thinking, man, you need to get a refund. But there's been often times that I have said, man, I was stupid. I should have got something else. And as I was studying for this and began to look at what Elisha did, I realized no. Because that would have been plan B. And you don't know how often on a Monday a pastor is tempted to leave plan A and head to plan B. But in that moment, God was saying, you don't need any other plan. Now, did I go out on my own and do some things to try to get a plan B? Yes. But as God continues to work in me, I've started burning those bridges. Because I understand that God is saying, I've called you to do ministry. I've called you for plan A. And I pray that you have that kind of moment in your life. That something happens that, that you're no longer the same. And that you know that you can't go back because God is calling you to go forward. And you, you've got that, you have that moment of faith. That you're willing to let go of that safety net. Listen, I know it's not easy to walk by faith. I know that it's so much easier to walk by what we can see. That's why that the Bible tells us, listen, you've got to walk by faith, not by sight. That's why faith is defined as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's so easy to, to walk with what we can see. It's so much easier to walk when the lights are on. It's a lot harder to walk in the dark. And I believe that there's those of you here today that, that, that you're looking at yourself and you look at yourself in the mirror every morning. And when you look at yourself, all you see is just an ordinary person. And you look at yourself and you see yourself as doing the same thing day after day, week after week. But God's calling you to something greater. But you're afraid to step out. You're afraid to get involved in ministry. Because you don't know the next steps. You don't know the details of the plan. 
You're afraid to get involved in that life group because you're thinking, man, what if I get in it and then this happens or that happens or, or what will we do if this? And God's just saying, step out. Step out. Don't worry about plan B. I'm giving you plan A. Step out. Trust me. God wants you to know that you may see yourself and view yourself as ordinary, but in Him and with Him, you can do extraordinary things. You may be here this morning and you may believe that God wants to do something with you, but you're having a hard time letting go. You're trying to hold on to that thing that's been sustaining you. You're having a hard time trusting God. Because it seems like every time you take a step to trust God, things go crazy. I told you about Christy and I being offered to, and having an opportunity to leave this area. About, it's been 20 years ago now. And in that moment when we prayed, God told us to stay. We thought, okay, God, we're going to stay and we're going to see you do wonderful things. We're going to see this ministry is just going to take off. And, and during that time, I did have a plan B. I was working a secular job as well. And in that secular job, honestly, between my wife and I working, we were making more money. I mean, if you've survived on a college budget... I mean, you've lived with Raymond Noodles and Taco Bell every day of your life. You get a job, you start making money, you think, man, we have arrived. We were making good money. So, to be honest, listening to God in that point was a little easier because we had plan B. So we said, yeah, God, we're staying. We thought we were being faithful giants. But God was getting ready to really test us. Because within a month of us turning down that job and that job and ministry being filled, my boss comes to me and says, we're going to have to close down the Huntington office. I was the manager of that office. Instantly. I thought, what? Wait a minute, God. You told us to stay, and now we're working at this church for free. But now our income is going to decrease, decrease dramatically. Wait a minute, God. Once again, he looked back at me, this employer did, and he said, but I value you as an employee. We're getting ready to open up another office, and you may have to do some traveling, but... I'll give you a substantial raise because I want to keep you. But you'll have to relocate. Now we were really being faced with something. Because now it wasn't just that we were going to stay and still have plan B. Now we were going to stay working at this church and I was going to be jobless. So we prayed about it. Just didn't feel right leaving. We're going to stay here. It's all going to work out. God, we're trusting you. Within the next month, when we first made the decision to stay, 
went to the pastor and I said, we're going to stay, but we need to know the details. We need to know that you're going to be here. We want to do ministry with you. We need to know the details. That, he looked back at us and said, I had no plan of leaving. That should have been my first indication because he didn't say I'm staying. He said, I have no plan of leaving. Less than a month after I lost my job, he comes to us and says, I didn't have a plan on leaving, but I'm leaving. I thought, God, you've got to be kidding me. We gave up a good job because you told us to stay. I stayed, didn't relocate for my secular job because you told us to stay. And now the pastor that we've been working for, who we have a good rapport with, is leaving. We have no idea who the next pastor is going to be, what their vision is going to be. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is, is there's going to be times that you trust God, and in that moment you trust Him, it's going to look like that it was the wrong decision because it looks like that things still aren't going your way. And I don't tell that story to build up Christy and I. Because I can share that one story where we trust God. And I can tell you how important it is to trust God in every situation. But the reason that I can do that is because there's been moments that we haven't trusted Him. There's been moments when we said, no God, I ain't doing it. And the result's not been good. So I know the difference in trusting Him and not trusting Him. I'm going to ask you to stand. And my question this morning is very simple. And it's this. What do you need to trust God for? What do you need to trust God for? What are you willing to trust God for? Without knowing all the details, without knowing how it's going to work out, just hearing that one word, whatever it might be, are you willing to trust Him? We've sung about how great His faithfulness is. We've proclaimed that we're going to stand on His promises. And so my question to you this morning, are you willing? Whatever it is, will you trust Him? This is my promise to you. Not because I said it, but because it's in here. His promises are yes and amen. And whatever you trust Him for, you can know that you can put complete confidence in Him. No matter what you see, you can have unbelievable faith. No matter what it looks like, you can have unbelievable faith. No matter the situation, 
You've just got to step out. And you've got to say, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. I don't know what I'm signing up for, but I'm all in. The only thing I'm signing up for is I'm going to trust and follow you. Elisha had no idea where his path would take him. He had no idea that he would perform more miracles than anyone else not named Jesus. Sure, it would have been easy for him to step out if God would have said, if you'll follow Elijah, then I promise you this is what's going to happen. But Elisha in that moment just said, I'm going to obey. I'm going to take the next step. So that's what I'm asking you today. Are you willing to take the next step? To step out and say, God, I trust you. I trust you with my life. I trust you. Are you willing to obey? I'm going to ask you to bow your head. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, there's something in my life that I need to put my complete confidence and trust in God for. I know that I can't do it. There's something I need to obey. Would you just slip up your hand? Thank you. Thank you, God. I'm trusting you. God, I'm trusting you. God, I don't know all the details, but I'm trusting you. God, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I'm trusting you. He's calling out to you today. He's saying, trust me. Trust me. And when we trust him, he tells us that he will do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever hope or ask for. God, I don't need to know the details. I'm just trusting you. If you raised your hand, I'm believing that today God's going to do something in your life to give you unbelievable faith. Faith that makes no sense to your co-workers. Faith that makes no sense to your family. I'm believing God's going to do something in your life that will change your life forever. And it takes you just saying, God, I'm going to obey. God, I'm going to trust. So I'm going to pray. If you would like to come to this altar and pray, we would love to pray with you. But no matter what, do not leave here without saying, God, I trust you. And God, I'm going to obey. As Nick plays, and as I pray, if you want to come to this altar, you're welcome to. We want to pray with you. But no matter what, put your trust in him. Father, I come before you right now. God, you see every person that's in this auditorium this morning. God, you knew who was going to be here. God, you knew what they needed to hear. God, I see, God, I know there's so many of us who struggle. God, sometimes it's so hard to have faith. God, sometimes it's so hard to trust. God, sometimes it's so hard to walk 
by what we can't see. But Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you speak into the hearts and the lives of those represented here today. God, that you allow us to know that we can trust you immediately. God, we can obey you immediately. God, without knowing all the details. God, as the enemy attacks us, each of us in different ways. God, no matter how he attacks, may we have the strength to know that you're greater than anything that he can bring against us. And Father, I pray that you will do a work in the lives of those who are seeking after you. God, start a process in us. God, that will give us faith that will move mountains. Unbelievable faith that will change our outlook on life. God, let us be willing. God, just to take the next step. Father, I pray. Holy Spirit, do a work. Break down the walls. Break down the walls that we've put up. God, the walls that we've put up because, Father, people have let us down so many times. God, we put up walls. And the walls are so big and so thick that we won't even let you in. Holy Spirit, break those walls down right now by your power, by your Spirit. God, we trust you. God, we don't have all the answers. God, things may happen in our lives that we don't understand. But God, at the end of the day, may we be able to proclaim that through it all, We've kept our eyes on you. God, that it's well with our soul. Sing this course with us. Run to the Father, a fallen grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait My heart needs a surgeon My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father Again and again I run to the Father I fall into grace I'm done with the hiding No reason to wait My heart needs a surgeon my soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again and again and again and again. Listen, there's so much going on in our world. 
so much. It would be so easy to take our eyes off of Him. So much sickness. At every turn, there's lives being affected by COVID. It would be so easy. And what the enemy wants you to do is to take your trust away from God and put it in everything else. But I want to challenge you this week. Trust Him. Even though circumstances look bad or grim, trust Him. Listen to Him. As you leave here today, know that you can trust Him completely. We love you. Thank you for being here. Please continue to pray for we have people in our church who have friends and family who are fighting for their life right now. They're in hospital beds and they're fighting for their life. Continue to call out for them. Please pray for the family and friends of of my friend who... uh, passed away on Friday and um, he was 47 years old family, kids I grew up with him and uh, pray for his family that God will just give them peace and comfort we love you be sure and come out get in a life group we've got them on Wednesdays we've got them all day uh, every night this week the life the gate.life you can find them we would love to uh, have you step out Have a great Sunday.